Blog Talk Radio. There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an, see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourselves up. I told that five-story building, you're setting yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economics. If you, if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control buildings and industry, and put that pools in your money. And hold that money. And, it's a, and practice group economics <clears throat> with it. Arab and Asian money bounces 12 or 13 times for at least. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money on the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor is then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police department. Then the fourth floor, you t- the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35,000 of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75 or 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't. You got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you and O'Reilly. They can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't communicate with your own people because you, you don't have an economic base. 51% of all the prisons in the United States are black people. You know, even though you only make up 12% of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate them. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they, when they over incarcerate you? You're going to go out and have a march, a demonstration. We're going to march. March for what? Who cares? Marches never changed anything. Okay, time for another installment of It's My House. We haven't done one in three weeks. Tried to do one. Uh, but we were in a far away location, about 12, 12, I guess at one time, 13, well, 12 time zones away, 12 time zones away, uh, forward. So for some reason, it, it I couldn't get things to logistically work. Anyway, today's podcast is titled um, Urban Solutions, excuse me, Urban Problems, International Solutions. Urban Problems, International Solutions. The live stream number is 619-768-2945. That's 619-768-2945. 
we got a guest that'll be calling. So what we're going to do is play a little musical interlude. Uh, so I guess can call me. International Solutions, the live stream number 619-768-2945. We're just going to do a brief one today, about 30 minutes, uh, so I can get back. I I was uh, made a trip to Asia and Southeast Asia for a total of three weeks. China first, uh, but that, that's, that was sort of a glorified pit stop. And then on to Southeast Asia, where they had the ASEAN uh, conference. It still might be going on. Anyway, Trump and a Southeast Asian heads of states and some other, uh, I think the Canadian Prime Minister was there. But anyway, um, so I, and, and let let me expound upon our title today before we open up the phone lines, I guess. Urban Problems, International Solutions. Now, when I say urban problems, I'm speaking in reference to urban problems that exist in uh, a lot of your major urban metro areas of the United States, of the United States, because uh, that's, that's where my experience comes from to a high degree. So urban problems uh, in the United States that internationally have a solution have a solution now what i'm and i'll do another broader podcast on this maybe next week when we go to our regular hour or two hour format the in this country over the last few years um we've had a proliferation of motorists particularly african-american that uh, at traffic stops or something dealing with traffic is going horribly wrong. Usually with the African-American male getting injured or killed. There is a solution for that that I saw while I was in Southeast Asia. And let me describe the traffic um, I was in the Philippines and crossing the street we talk about culture shock is a skill set 
because <clears throat> the traffic um, in the place where I went, matter of fact, I only crossed the street one time because I had a lunch appointment, one time in three weeks. Um, over here, you know, you can look both ways and cross, and plus over here they have, you know, you're used to stop signs, uh, police directing traffic, you lose the traffic lights. All right. Now, and there are places where I went, and I, I went about three or four places. Um, there were no traffic stop signs, no stop signs, no traffic lights, no cameras, and no police uh, in a lot of these areas that would give tickets. So the entire three weeks, I didn't see not one person pulled over. They just don't do that. I didn't witness it, put it that way. Particularly when you go outside, you know, your major metro areas here. But now it's a skill set. You got to be a skilled pedestrian. You got to be, because the drivers there have the right of way, not the pedestrians. But I did not see not one over there tree as compared to here. Because over here is a lot more regulated. Uh, because the municipalities here are looking to make revenue. Over there, it's, it's a different ballgame. So I didn't see one. And it, there's no pullover. If you don't have any traffic cop pulling you over, you're not going to have anything that goes sideways. But that that that's the solution now. <laughs> Over here, good luck now. In, in some of your, a lot of your smaller areas in the United States, uh, there are a gazillion little towns in the United States where, you know, they you're not going to get pulled over. But uh, these are a lot of your little small, teeny weeny times, teeny weeny times. But that is a, a international solution to an urban problem that exists right here in the United States. If you live in a larger area and there's a problem with the police, particularly traffic stops, you're going to have to get political and say, you know what, we don't want stops. I mean, we don't want traffic cops. Get them up out of here. Now, that's going to meet with a lot of opposition. Good luck on that one. So I'm just bringing you something that I've witnessed on a daily basis for three consecutive weeks. Absolutely zero traffic stops. Zero traffic stops. Nobody gets harassed. I mean, harassed. No complaints about police in that area or whatever. So, but like I say, over there, it's a skill set. In any event, we'll go more into that as the, the days and the weeks go by. Uh, one solution that I saw, not an American solution, because over here you had people that are, uh, I didn't see any houses that were built with wood. Everything over there due to the weather and the typhoon season is made from concrete block, some, you know, that type of thing. Uh, uh, so, but there's still a need for affordable housing because Manila, has uh, Manila, the Philippines, has the I think the, the largest is the city with the largest amount of homeless people globally in one particular city. 
So what there's a need for over there are affordable housing. So um, Pleasant Stephens, who we I called up and he graciously is on, is on here right now, gave us a solution right before we left. So that's something that we can probably incorporate over there. And 773 Pleasant, your mic is open. Good morning. Well, welcome back, Mr. Davis. Glad you're, glad you're back safe and sound. Had the kind of word there yep. for a moment. Yeah, I saw uh, him disappear quietly off the radar. <laughs> then, yes, sir. I was, I, I was, I was around. Just, I was in different, different locations. Well, good that you went to do some house searching and some searching some solutions for our country here in America. Well, you know, I'm not really with that in mind. I ain't going that in mind. Just it, it's something that. You, you know, it was compared to here. If you would, obviously, say there was no regulation of the traffic um, because, like I say, there the the motorist has the right of way, and uh, in a lot of places where I was at, and there was no. I, I had did not see a, a stop sign for three consecutive weeks. You got to the law, like Manila, the large cities, there would be a traffic like here and there. And you would see a traffic cop here and there. But they were in the process of, all right, you stop and then let these people go because they got some very heavy traffic there. But there was, I didn't see not one pullover, not one cop waiting in bay. And I didn't see not one speed trap. I didn't see not one pullover in three consecutive weeks. So if you don't have no pullovers, you know, with a cop trying to get revenue for the municipality, you don't have no you don't have no people getting shot, killed, whatever. Uh, you know, stuff that we, we hear about here every few months. That's a solution, but you know, to try to get in now, like in a, some of your smaller towns in the United States, uh, you know, you know. Because I know in Taft, they don't have any police. They just elected, we don't want any police. So you do have a lot of places like Taft, but I'm speaking like in a lot of your larger urbanized areas, because Taft is rural. Um, that is a solution, but that's very political to, to, to get something like that undone, in a, particularly in a place like you know Chicago, Detroit, D.C., you know, those places. But it is a solution. Eliminate the traffic cut. Then they gotta find another way oh, yeah. to raise money. Yeah, you're right. You know the little town I grew up in little made around Arkansas. Black book that wasn't but one stoplight and that was downtown. Where people right. across the street and uh the if the the uh pedestrians had right away of course. But that wasn't but one stop sign. And now that you mentioned it, I didn't see no pullovers in May around Arkansas the whole while I was there nineteen years old. Nice. See, yeah, see, that's Thank what you. I'm talking about. So, it, we do like, like, so you have a lot of little, and, that, and that's where, because I, I call to me the real United States is small town America. Small, it's the small towns in the United States. That's the real, where a lot of people left alone. They have more freedom and more of an entrepreneurial spirit um, than in the larger cities. So I, the, the, the real United States is places like where you grew up, 
that still exists today. That that's my take on it. Um, oh, you got the right. But got the right. Now here, here's right. now here's now here's something, but not to leave out the big cities. And like I said, next week I'll I'll switch to my hour plus format. Um, I took um, an international airline over, and basically it when I went over there were two black Americans on the plane, me and some other guy. And then, man, maybe four or five white folks. And then the rest were Asian. You know, Chinese, uh, mostly Chinese, I guess some Filipinos too. But, and this dawned on me when I was coming back yesterday because it's a total 20 hours to get there from here. 20, that's 20 hours flight time. So uh-huh. one of the things that hit me on the way back was a lot of these people on the plane, they're connected to the black community some way. These weren't government workers. A lot of these people were either those mom-and-pop stores came to me and mine. Uh, the mom-and-pop stores and then, you know, some of these people had professional careers that connected their docs, I mean, uh, accountants or whatever, people of all ages. And um, you, I mean, and I'm thinking, how many planes like this take off daily when there's a lot? Take off and then land daily. And some kind of way you can trace them back to making that that money from the black community here in the United States. Now, and and here's where I'm connecting this back because when I got over, like, in, I guess, all over the country, but I saw it real clear. Actually, in um, Metro Manila, their little neighborhoods, the barrios, they call them, um, when it rains, muddy roads or whatever, but they got like little stores over there already. And I mean, little neighborhood stores that are patronized by the neighborhood. Uh, in these little areas, they look rural. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, they started here and then expanded to over here uh, in the United States. And you know, here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded. I mean, like I said, it was yesterday coming back. Uh, on one leg of the route, it was just two of us black on the plane, and then on the the long haul flight, which is like 13 hours um, from Beijing, China, to New York City. That was uh, it. Was four black. Let's see one. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four blacks on that route. The rest, you had a handful of white folks and then the rest uh, Asian. And the black couple, I think they got on the plane in Beijing. And then I was the only one left. No, no, well, no. There was another guy, black. He he was in another part of the Philippines. So a total of four of them. So I'm, I'm looking at, that's where I had to pick a picture. I'm I'm on a plane full of merchants. 
And I, I just traced it all the way back to those little barrio stores. Um, but it, it's all connected. So now <clears throat> we have a solution. We're present. You have one dealing with uh, explain the concept you have for housing. Because well, we can do that here yeah. and ship it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The concept I have for housing is, like you just said, smaller towns. You know, we've talked about Fort Heights, Illinois. We could take right. Fort Heights, Illinois, and do the same thing that they're doing overseas. We don't have to have uh, Fort Heights, Illinois, is a small enough town where you don't have to have uh, stop signs and stoplights. The only stop sign you'd have in Fort Heights would be on Route 30, which runs directly through, which is a major highway that's running through uh, Port Heights. That would be the only stop sign that you'd have. You wouldn't have to have one in the local areas there in the city of Port Heights, which is a small enough town for to build a housing. And as I've stated so many times, everybody would have a vested interest in that city. And off the top of that, they would have the factories to manufacture solar energy and wind wind turbines and everything to go on the homes all over the country and ship them to it. Because the big cities are not a is not built for for poor people. Big cities are built for people that want to rip off. Now you know what? Now you you done spoke. We can do a whole series of podcasts, probably for a whole month on that. You are absolutely a thousand, a million percent right, present. Big yeah. cities, and in that matter of fact, all anywhere in the world, place I mean, big cities are not designed for poor people. Period. End of the story. You are absolutely right. You know, and I was I was listening to the lady that was on on this program about four weeks ago about uh, big cities and the man. I'm saying, you know what, Pleasant? That's tomorrow's podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna come back tomorrow again. I mean, we're gonna still on this one, but that's tomorrow's podcast. You're right. Big cities are not designed for poor people. No, no, they're not. And we have to understand where we are and the cost of living where we are. We're not supposed right. to be paying for electric. Well, if you think we're supposed to be paying for electric, take Puerto Rico right here in the United States. They had a hurricane to come through there and knock out all the electricity. Those people mm-hmm. are still suffering from the, from, from the hurricane today. It's It's not designed. It's not designed for a bunch of people. It's designed for rich folks to live there that have the money to have servants. So we you know, have, you're absolutely right, because a place like where you live at, Chicago, that's a real good problem. Matter of fact, the way I see it, in a few years, I don't know how many years it will be, 10, 15, 20, I don't know, but it seems like in a place like Chicago, New York City's already got parts of the city like this already. And I'm sure Chicago's got some parts of the like this already. You're going to have to be a millionaire to, to live any, almost anywhere in the city. That's right. That's right. And if you and if you want to live downtown Chicago, you have to, you have to be a millionaire or above. Right. 
because they can because live up some heavy property taxes and rents in those places. That's right. The taxes. Now let's 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 be honest about the whole thing. Illinois is supposed to be broke. Now, and they've been fighting about education. Where is it in the world that uh, you can go to where education is education and hospitalization is not free? Those two things is pretty much free to all of the all the people that live there. Mm-hmm. And we we have to look at where we are living, how we are living, and who has control of what we are where we are living in a different in a different eye. Because what's going on? What what this was designed to do was for slavery, where people was making money and wasn't paying the, the labor. That's right. over. That's over. Then we get the unions to come in and uh, jack up the prices because they want to negotiate for you to make you make more money. But when you make more money, what happens to the politicians? The politicians get a raise. They don't even uh, put it on the on the ballot to get approved to raise salaries. They don't put it on the ballot to have the people that's in the country. Would have, that does not have a best interest in the economic and the political system. They just do what they want to do. Look at right. the red light cameras. Look at the red light cameras here in Chicago and pretty much across the United States and large cities. The red light cameras is nothing but for red, revenue. Revenue for the rich. You don't ever get right. any report on how much money is being collected on either source. And they just tried to put a tax on, I'm going to call it soda water, because that's what we used to call it in the South. Because they said they wanted to tax the soda water because it was causing kids to have obesity. And they wanted mm. to put a tax on it and uh, charge another tax on top of the tax that you're paying for the food that you're buying. That's in the big city. That was just only here in Cook County. I can go right across the line, and I don't get taxed for food. So yes, well. we have, <laughs> yeah, and we we just stop buying buying our food in Illinois. We just go across. I got about ten ten fifteen minutes at the most to go in there, and I be in Indiana where I don't pay for, I don't pay tax for food. So why mm. should I buy food in the state of Illinois? Yeah, you got a good point. Yeah, so they find it in the state. There's anywhere in the state of Illinois or just or Cook County or just Cook County? Just Cook County. Yeah, Cook, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, Cook County's got a high population, and like you said, uh, Chicago, which is an international city anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, what you told me uh, told us I don't know a year or so ago, like what the property tax is, and, and like it's. Some of the north side housing, uh, uh-huh. ten fifteen thousand dollars a year property taxes. So oh, come wait a minute. You got we got we got in the in the neighbor in the black neighborhoods we got fifteen thousand twenty twenty five thousand dollar property tax a year. More than some mm-hmm. people pay for. I pay for a house note. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's this. Well. Like you said, 
cities. I I never thought about it. That, I mean, the way you put it, but you put it that was that's accurate as accurate as accurate can get. Is it, well, and a lot of people different. who go to these poor towns. I mean, I mean, big cities, and they look for the Section A and they look for the homeless programs. But that's about all you can get, which you is not enough that. to you know live normal. No, no, you can't live in a normal life with those with those kind of handouts. You can't. Right. <laughs> if I wasn't in the condition that I'm in, I couldn't live with the money some of these people get. I was talk. I went to a meeting, my first uh, public appearance last Saturday. Congratulations on that. Mm. Thank you. And I hadn't been able to get out because of my open heart surgery. So right. the guy that's putting out a newspaper uh, called me that used to work with me, and he'd been struggling with this newspaper because he helped me put on two political conventions, and he was working out of my office trying to get this newspaper up and running. And he called me. He had been sick, and he he's back on the street again, like I am. And uh, he said, "Fred, I'm having a meeting. I'd like for you to attend and give you a perspective on how and what we should do, because you know, uh, you know, for a long time, for the last for the last uh, few years, about 20 years, uh, I've been trying to get this newspaper out. I said, we we don't have a black newspaper. For one, I says." And the few black news medias that are out here and not serving the black community. I says, uh, I'll be there. So my wife wrapped me up and got me all cleaned up so I could go to the meeting. And uh, I gave my perspective about what I think the newspaper would do for us. And with the technology that we have today, we can spread that newspaper nationwide because we got Internet. And we can have place, different places that can distribute the newspaper without having to ship it. We do the newspaper on the internet and let it be printed where you where you ship it to. The way right, it's yeah, that, that's the way it's done now. Yeah, that way you, you save uh, a whole bunch of money. Yeah, people can print that's out. Right. So, yeah, you print the newspaper, or magazine online. I mean, you publish it all online. And then let people yeah. individually at their own cost print it. Yeah, right. And they print it off. And now, if you want to distribute it, you can have you can have uh, 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 newspaper boards as we used to have to make a few dollars on on your newspaper. You can pay them fifty percent per paper for distributing the paper. You can take the other fifty percent. And and make more newspapers so that you can stay alive with producing the newspaper. Now, right. we don't have that I know of this a black newspaper to where we can get the news like we're supposed to. We have to get the watered down version of the news. We can't get a a uh, we haven't got, but we're going to get it because I'm I'm working on it this year. Because I'm bound to the to the house, and I got an office mm-hmm. in the house. So pleasant, pleasant. We run out of time, yeah. so I don't want to get booted off by the system. Let, let's continue this tomorrow, uh, particularly okay. with, uh, like you said, the um, big cities are not for, designed for poor people. 
So on that note, no. thank you, Pleasant. See you tomorrow, and then I'll, I'll give you a call later today. Uh, then okay, everyone have a good rest. Oh, oh, same. T- oh, that regular time, nine thirty your time. Nine thirty, nine thirty my time. Okay. See you. Yeah, then. yeah, your time. Okay. All right. Bye.